You're listening to episode 16 of Rainbow Baby, a podcast documenting a journey of pregnancy after loss. I'm your host, Taylor Reeds. In May 2018, my first child, Ellis, was stillborn at 31 weeks for unknown reasons. In the depths of unimaginable grief, my husband Hunter and I knew we wanted to try again. Since then, we've experienced new pregnancies and more loss. We're still hoping for our rainbow baby, which is a baby born subsequent to a miscarriage, stillbirth, TFMR, or the death of an infant from natural causes. I want to share my story with you because life after pregnancy loss can be so isolating. You'll also hear conversations with others who've walked this path before me. This episode is a documentation of weeks 8 and 9 of my pregnancy, including our weekly ultrasound results and graduating from our fertility clinic. I talk about getting diagnosed with a subchorionic hematoma, how I've continued to cope with anxiety related to pregnancy after loss and COVID-19, and my feelings about how pregnancy and COVID are being represented in the media right now. Here's the episode. Good morning. I'm coming to you from my home office. It's 7.30 a.m. I'm up early recording this to try to get some peace and quiet in the house now that my husband and I both share the space 24-7 because of the um, stay-at-home orders due to COVID-19. We've actually really been enjoying this time together, um, but it's made it kind of tricky for me to find space, quiet space to record. Um, and actually, today's an exciting day because in a couple of hours, we have our fourth ultrasound with our fertility clinic, and today is the day that we graduate, which I just, I can't believe it's finally here. Um, I'm nine weeks and four days pregnant, and um, I'll see my fertility doctor for the last time, hopefully for a long time until we're ready to have another baby. I'm a little bit nervous um, to leave them because they've given us such good care, and I know that even though my OB, my regular OB is really great and amazing, it's just going to be a different level of care once we go back there. Um, for one thing, they've already told us that Hunter, for now at least, will not be able to attend prenatal appointments with me at my regular OB, so I'm a little nervous about that, but also just knowing that we've gotten to see the baby every week, basically, so far of the pregnancy, and that he's been growing on track every ultrasound, and there really haven't been any major problems to worry about. That gives me a lot of peace, and we're so grateful for that. Um, speaking of, in my last podcast, I think that that was right before I'd had our second ultrasound, and um, at that ultrasound, they did see a subchorionic hematoma. I think that's how you say it. Basically, it's... Um, a small kind of pool of blood next to the baby's yolk sac in the uterus. And um, mine was relatively small. I think she said it was 20% of the size of the yolk sac, and they like to see it smaller than 25% of the size of the yolk sac. So she thought we were still in a, in a safe range, but um, she didn't want it to get any bigger. So she took me off of 
my blood thinners, um, which I was taking a daily injection in my abdomen of Lovenox, which is a blood thinner. And also I was taking an oral um, pill, baby aspirin. So um, immediately I stopped those, which I was really ultimately grateful for because the Lovenox um, was not the most fun injection to do. It was, um, it caused quite a bit of bruising on my belly and also just the process of giving the shot, it burned a lot. Um, so I was happy to, to stop those early. We would have stopped them at around 10 or 12 weeks. Um, so amazingly that week I decided I wasn't going to worry about the hematoma because my doctor said not to worry about it. She told us that it would either kind of disintegrate on my, on its own and my body would absorb it, or I might see a little bit of blood and, and spotting, um, and it would come out that way. So I just really focused that week on not thinking about it. And if I did think about it, I would just kind of imagine it, um, disintegrating because I didn't want to see spotting. I knew that would make me nervous, even though I knew the cause. Um, but with my miscarriage last year, I had spotting in the pregnancy early on around eight weeks. So the timing, um, was very much the same. And I knew that that would just really make me nervous and uncomfortable. So I didn't want that to happen if at all possible. Um, and I stayed off of Google. I just resisted and refused to let myself Google about hematomas because I knew there would be scary stuff probably. And my doctor said not to worry again. Um, and I follow, um, I also shared about it on Instagram and got some really encouraging comments and messages from people saying they'd had a hematoma too, and it ended up not being an issue. It went away. Um, and they, the, ba the baby was healthy. So I just kind of clung to those stories. There was one woman who commented on my post and said, um, I had a hematoma too, and I lost my baby. And <laughs> just comments like that are so difficult to deal with because of course I feel so sorry for her. Um, but it's also really hard for me to hear that as a person who's currently pregnant and diagnosed with a hematoma and has a history of loss. Um, because of course that's my worst fear is that it's going to somehow affect things and make me lose the baby. Um, so I don't know. I struggled with that comment, even though I had way more positive comments and encouraging stories, I just felt like, wow, that's, that's not necessary. Even though as lost moms, I, I want to encourage us to be open with our stories. You just have to be careful about the context in which you share it. Right. Um, so a week later we had another ultrasound and the hematoma was basically gone. Um, I was just so relieved, so grateful. I had a feeling it was going to be okay because I hadn't spotted. Um, but yeah, the, on the ultrasound, she said, the doctor said that the hematoma was, um, not even big enough really for her to measure anymore. And the baby just looked great. He 
um, for the first time, we got to see really his arms and legs on the ultrasound and saw his heartbeat again, got to hear it. We saw him move, which was incredible. She kind of zoomed in on him and we could see him wiggling. And I just had no idea that they're already moving at this point. That was at eight weeks and four days. Um, and with both of my previous pregnancies, I haven't seen, um, seen anything until, you know, about nine or 10 weeks. So getting this kind of sneak preview of what's happening with the baby every week has just been such a gift. I'm so grateful to my clinic that they've, um, given us this opportunity. So one thought I kind of had about this podcast is how, um, it's kind of a, a virtual diary or like a virtual baby book of this um, baby's conception and pregnancy. And um, I'm also hoping to have a physical book that I um, kind of document this pregnancy in, but it's really neat and special that I'm getting to do it here and share it with you. And I hope it's um, helpful and meaningful to anyone who's listening so I'll just kind of share some um, things that I've been feeling and things that I've been going through. Um, some days I've been having some mild cramping like all day long. And um, I've read that that's just my uterus kind of rapidly growing and expanding right now to accommodate the baby. And I think I read that um, at this point my uterus has grown to be about the size of a grapefruit, which if you think about that, it makes sense that I would be feeling um, the cramping that I am. But again, that's kind of a trigger for anyone who's gone through loss is you just always, um, wonder is this cramping because is it normal or is it something related to it? Am I going to have a miscarriage? Um, so I just try to kind of focus on, um, what I, what I know and that, that, that it's probably normal. Um, and just try to set aside those anxious thoughts. Um, a lot of days lately I've been very bloated. Um, and some days it feels like I'm already pregnant, you know, physically, like in the second trimester that I was with Ellis. Um, none of my pants fit anymore. Definitely have not been wearing jeans. I've been living in overalls, um, (laughs) to Hunter's dismay. (laughs) Um, but you know, we're all isolated at home and I'm not going out. So it doesn't really matter. Hunter's the only one who gets to see me. Um, I've been having a lot of fatigue and, um, again, kind of another positive of being isolated right now is that I have been getting a lot of sleep and when I feel like I need to take a nap, I take one. And that's something I'm so grateful for in comparison to my my pregnancy with Ellis, where I was working a full-time job. And, you know, I remember there were days where I was so fatigued that I just had to close my door and put my head down on my desk and take like a 10 minute nap because I just couldn't even keep my eyes open. Um, so that's a really nice, um, gift of this time. You know, of course there are so many big, scary, unknowns right now with COVID-19, but I'm trying to focus on the little little positive things about it instead of just feeling kind of the overwhelm and the collective anxiety that everyone has right now, um, which is definitely easy to do. And there are, there have been days where I have been overwhelmed with that anxiety. And 
um, you know, it was just a few days ago I woke up and just from the moment I woke up, I had those kind of tingly, anxious feelings in my, in my belly and, um, couldn't really shake it all day. And I just told myself, you know, this, I'm not crazy. This makes sense because of all of the circumstances that, you know, we're going through as a, as a global community right now. And also what I'm personally going through with pregnancy after loss. Um, and I just reminded myself that this too shall pass and whether it lasts an hour or a day or a couple of days or a week, um, it's going to be okay. I'll get through it. And I ended up seeing a post by, um, Parijat Deshpande, who I follow on Instagram, and she, um, I think her handle is Healthy High Risk Pregnancy, um, and I read her book Pregnancy Brain, which I, I mentioned in a previous podcast, and that has been so helpful for me with dealing with anxiety related to pregnancy after loss and COVID. There's a lot of crossover, actually. And her recent post emphasized pregnancy anxiety is not a mindset issue. And so I'll just kind of read some, um, I'll read you her post because it was just so helpful for me and I can't say it any better than she did. Um, so she says, there is a lot of outdated information floating around on social media and even in clinical training programs about maternal mental health. This is one of them. And she's referring to that belief that pregnancy anxiety is a mindset issue. So she says, anxiety is a symptom, not a disorder. The sensations that we call anxiety come from a body whose nervous system is in survival mode. When we are living in fight or flight, the survival stress that we need to help us run away from the bear has nowhere to go. It gets trapped in our bodies, producing symptoms that we identify as anxiety. Restlessness, negative thoughts, unending what-ifs, heart palpitations, inability to focus, GI problems, panic, overwhelm, etc. We could address each of these symptoms and still you would not feel much better for very long. Or we could get to the root, focus on nervous system regulation, and you would finally feel relief. And she says that is what the Pregnancy Brain course will teach about. It's born out of my frustration of seeing women work so hard to manage their anxiety to no avail, leaving them feeling even more overwhelmed and worried. There is another way. I see it work with my private clients every day, and now I've packaged the first steps into an easy-to-access course so you can finally feel relief. And I just want to say here, I am in no way benefiting or affiliated with um, Parijat's work. I just myself have really... Um, connected with what she says and I'm excited about this course and I myself am going to sign up. So I thought I would share it with you, but I am, I'm not, you know, affiliated or benefiting from this. Just saying that. Um, so her early bird registration actually opens this coming Monday, April 13th. And, um, she says that you can go through the link in her profile at healthy high risk pregnancy. Um, so I just, I thought I would share that with you again, because her approach has been really helpful to me. And, um, I think it's important to share things that we find helpful. So another thing that happened this past week is that, um, I have a friend who's a photographer for a local publication called the Rivard Report. And he reached out to me and said they had 
another reporter who's doing a story on pregnancy during COVID. And they wanted to know if they could talk to me. Of course, I said yes. And um, it was a really great conversation. The article is supposed to come out um, today, which is Friday, April 10th. And um, I talked about my experience so far and um, particularly just through the lens of pregnancy after loss and how the anxiety of COVID is, um, you know, just kind of compounded with the anxiety of pregnancy after loss. And I've had to work really hard to just take things day by day and focus on what I can control and just surrender to what I cannot control. Um, and also try to not focus or worry about the future. Um, because I'm definitely aware that they keep saying there might be, there will most likely be another wave of COVID in the fall. And that's when I will be giving birth. And, um, so I'm just not even letting myself dwell in that headspace of wondering or imagining the scary things that could possibly be happening during that time. My hope is that there are so many amazing, incredible, smart people in the world right now working to address this problem from every angle. And in six or seven months, when I'm giving birth, those problems will be solved or at least a lot better than they are now. That's my hope. Um, so yeah, in the with the reporter, I also talked about how... There's so much fear-mongering around pregnancy right now in the media related to COVID. And if you Google pregnancy and COVID, which I would not advise doing, I've done it only once, um, there are so many articles that pop up that have clickbait headlines of, you know, woman, woman diagnosed with COVID loses baby. And actually, Parijat um, of Healthy High-Risk Pregnancy, she shared an email um, when that article came out and kind of broke down the article and actually um, it really helped me to not have as much anxiety about it because it turned out that the baby, um, at least at that point, hadn't even tested positive for COVID. Actually, she had, um, I think, some underlying issues that caused her to go into early labor and she experienced preterm birth at around 20 weeks, which it's really difficult for any baby to survive if born that early. So um, long story short, the media was kind of um, portraying it as the baby died from COVID, which at that point, at least that was still unknown. So um, yeah, I'm just trying to really, really be careful with my consumption of media right now and especially related to pregnancy because there's still so many unknowns with the effects of COVID on pregnancy. And um, so anytime I'm feeling nervous about it, I just ask my doctor. And we had a conversation during my very first ultrasound about it. And I just said, you know, tell me what I need to um, do, how I need to respond to this. Should I be worried? And she really made me feel a lot better um, that yes, pregnancy makes you a little bit immunocompromised. So you're more you're more at risk for contracting COVID, but that at this point, she wasn't too worried about it affecting my pregnancy. Um, so I've just kind of clung to that and um, trusted, trusted my doctor. 
So when I wrapped up my interview with the reporter, I really emphasized that because there's so much kind of fear-mongering in the media right now, I really wanted this article to be, um, to have a positive perspective and not have, you know, a scary title. Um, so I hope that ends up being the case. And, um, I tried to tell her, you know, a balanced perspective of the tough things, the tough realities that I've been going through and that, um, a lot of the pregnant moms that I know have, are going through, um, at different stages, or I know several moms who've recently given birth, including one who has a baby in the NICU and her experience has been really difficult. She and her husband have to visit the baby separately and, they, there are so many unknowns, um, especially, you know, just even how long the baby's going to be in the hospital. So of course they're scared about exposing themselves, exposing their baby to COVID. Um, so, you know, her experience is really scary right now and that's her reality. Um, and I have another friend who has been able to, um, be at home in isolation with their newborn baby, her husband, and their and they're a three-year-old, and for her, there's been a lot of um, sweet moments and um, positives to being in isolation because otherwise they wouldn't have spent as much time as they have as a new family um, with this new baby. So um, yeah, I tried to share some of the positives like I mentioned earlier, you know, just being at home with Hunter during this time, being able to get a lot of rest, um, those are good things. And yeah, just trying to focus on the positive. So I'm excited to see how that article turns out. Um, and I'll probably be sharing it on my Instagram. So yeah, we're, um, like I said, getting ready for our graduation today, which I'm super excited about. So um, I'll try to record something from that appointment and try to include it here on this podcast. So hopefully you'll hear that next. this episode was meaningful for you. To connect with me, you can visit taylorashleybates.com and also find me on Instagram. Please share this podcast with anyone you know who is walking through life after pregnancy loss. 
whether they are trying to conceive, currently pregnant, or parenting after loss. And please subscribe and review this podcast. Your feedback helps others to find it and is also so encouraging to me. Until next time, I'm Taylor Bates. Thank you so much for listening.